Welcome back to episode 55 of the Hockey House podcast presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by Colin Fitzgerald, Stephen Glick, and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you the latest news in non-NCAA college hockey here in the United States. Before we get into things, Herman, I wanted to open the floor to you, kind of talk us through the, the difficulties. We had the whole podcast ready to go, and it was something out of our control that we couldn't go last week. Yeah, it was a real bummer. Nick Flanders had come on as a special guest and done a really, really good job. Unfortunately, Zencaster did not capture the recording on both the pregame and the postgame. A lot of the quality parts of the episode tied into some of the back and forth that we had. It was just a little bit too much to cut around. Ultimately, we wound up getting an apologies from Zencaster, but it wasn't worth going forward with the episode. Real sorry for that, boys. Major bag alert, though, coming from Zencaster, giving us a couple free months, so we'll take it. I'm really excited for this episode. Before we, we do introductions, I just want everyone listening to know that this is by far the most research that we've put into an episode. The notes sheet that we're looking at tonight is uh, pretty daunting. We've taken your feedback and we want to inform people about all the tournaments that are going on, the rankings that are happening and the latest news. So we hope you stick around for the duration of the, the episode because it is going to be a good one. Let's throw it over to Fitz first. Fitz, how was your weekend? It's pretty good. We had our first bye week during the season. So just kind of hanging out. Kind of nice to just sit back and play some xbox big big weekend uh coming up here we got three games two of them against watertown i got a uh, a big dinner date tomorrow they uh they auctioned us off each player got auctioned off for a uh a dinner date so somehow i ended up selling for for 100 bucks uh, 100 big ones so tomorrow night i'll be dining with whoever shelled out the money so that should be fun do you have to like wear your jersey like so she can identify you they straight up gave us a flyer today that says like wear nice clothes like no sweatpants no slides come with a positive attitude smile it was like as if we're like second graders and we need to be taught how to act at a restaurant so i gotta figure out i'm, I'm probably just gonna you know wear like a, a white uh, dress shirt and lululemon pants or something like that which high class establishment in bingo are you guys gonna be dining at we're going to little venice it's a italian restaurant it's actually right by the uh the greyhound bus where i picked you up it's literally like right across the street from there supposedly it's the best italian in binghamton that's what i've been told so it should be good and uh, on this budget I, I can't turn down a free meal so i'll do whatever it takes Glick, how are things in the city of brotherly love? Oh, things are going pretty well. We had two games this past weekend, including senior night on Saturday. Unfortunately, we dropped both of them. But since we clinched playoffs, it didn't really matter too much. We're just kind of looking forward to this weekend off and for playoffs the weekend after. And uh, where are they holding your playoff tournament? Is that in Westchester? It's actually kind of weird. So for what I've been told, it's being held at the Igloo, our home ring, for the first game. And then for the second game, if we beat uh, Villanova, we're going to have to go down to Navy. And then the final are back home. I don't know why they did like that. It's going to, it's a little confusing, but I guess we're just going to throw with the punches. Lots of travel for the boys, hopefully, if everything goes well. Yeah, for sure. And then Herm, you made the trip back to the Salt City this weekend. Uh, what were your thoughts from the weekend? Definitely an emotional one. Really privileged to have been in the locker room kind of for those special moments for the four seniors that graduated. Bummer about the results not going the way that, that Cuse wanted to, to kind of have a, a real nice bow on the season, but I think the real nice bow came after hours with the night on the town that we had it was a it was a good time we uh I'll, I'll leave it at that yeah it was it was a good time well i'll go into more detail if you won't no it was actually it was really cool because since i've turned 21 like the hockey season's been like full head of steam we've had like a couple saturday nights here and then to go out but like you're getting off a bus and you're running downtown and like you hit one bar and that's that's kind of your night i mean the game wrapped up we were heading out at six o'clock we were the early birds we we basically essentially went bar hopping on Marshall Street, which is something I haven't had the chance to do. We went bar to bar and then we came back and had the whole team over at the house. So it was a really good night and uh, it was awesome that Herm got to be there for it. There are some things that we, we should probably cover as, as a, that the ACHA crowd will probably get a kick out of. The first thing was we lost Friday night and it was just one of those classic like ACHA, like literally nothing goes your way kind of nights. The game starts. Tennedy Ice Pavilion is known for its lighting. It is not known for its sound system, however. The sound system has been a problem all year long. It's like we, we get out for warm-ups and like the first four minutes are great. And then as soon as the bass kicks in, like you'd be lucky if you hear any of the words coming out. And so usually it solves itself by the time starting lineups comes around. It did not this week. And uh hats off to Sam Schwartz, our PA guy. He was legitimately the town crier. He was shouting at the top of his lungs the Delaware starting lineup. The 
Delaware guys were really good sports about it. And then he, it came down to the Syracuse starting lineup. He did the same thing. Like he was legitimately just shouting over the glass. I think Herm even got a photo of it. Finally, after the anthem, which we could barely hear, uh, I guess somebody fixed it or flipped a switch and, and it worked the rest of the weekend. So that was good. And then, you know, story of our season came out flat Friday night, but, you know, put in a good effort on Saturday and just came up a bit short. But like Herm said, it was good to send the seniors off and, and they had a good ceremony. And it's been a long year. So I think they were relieved to, uh, you know, hang him up, especially for Cal Stewart, who I want to give a shout out to. Cal is, is, is a very good friend of mine, one of my closest friends here at Syracuse, and he was in net for senior night. The, the way I would describe Cal Stewart is he's kind of like a roll out of bed goalie, like very little pregame routine, very casual, just kind of shows to the rink, a very good goalie. He pulled his hamstring in the first period, and you could feel it. About halfway through the second period, he made a stop. The hamstring went. He played through. He actually stopped three more shots before he keeled over, and they blew the whistle for him. He skated off the ice to a standing ovation. All all 60 people in attendance stood on their feet and gave him a, a standing O on his way out. So that was a pretty emotional moment. Wanted to make sure I gave a cow the proper shout out. Like I said, we've got plenty to talk about on this show, so we might as well get into it. Breaking news tonight, uh, we were reached out to by a member of the team, but Lynn University was forced to cancel the remainder of their CHF season after a fire on February 7th destroyed all of their equipment. The fire broke out in a storage unit at the Palm Beach Skate Zone in Fort Worth. Florida before spreading to other parts of the arena, including their locker room where they were keeping their gear. Estimated damages are over $75,000. The team has launched a fundraising campaign and is hoping to return to the ice in the fall. Absolutely devastating news. Um, I know they had a, a pair of games against Florida coming up. They were going to do a prospect tournament as well. Terrible news. I can't even imagine what that would be like finding out not only that there's a fire at the rink, but it destroyed all the equipment in its path. So wanted to send our thoughts to those guys at Lynn University and be sure to check the link in our bio. We'll have that donation link. If you want to make a monetary donation to the team, you can do so using the link in our bio. The ACHA Division Two final rankings came out. We did not have the this type of system last year, but ACHA Division Two is known for their regional rankings with the top two teams in each region getting an auto bid to the national tournament uh, with the remaining teams ranked battling it out in the regional tournament. So we want to give a shout out to the teams that are moving on to St. Louis. Those are Lindenwood and Iowa State. From the Northeast, we have UMass and Northeastern. From the Southeast, Florida Gulf Coast and Liberty. And from the West, Mary and Dakota College of Botno. All clinched automatic bids to the Nationals. Some notable teams that will now have to claw their way through the regional tournaments. Keene State, UNH, NC State, Montana State, State, Oregon State, Weber State, Providence, Miami, and Indiana. Those are all teams that are going to have to uh, finish in the top two of their regional tournaments. They want a, a, a chance at the national in St. Louis. Herm, we just posted a, a pretty interesting clip, I guess is what I'll say, from a recent game between Utah and Oklahoma. It seems to be doing uh, very well on social media and picking up steam. Walk us through the DM submission we got for this one. Oklahoma upset Utah in a shootout on Utah's senior night. Clearly, there was some bad blood over the weekend because the Utah faithful pelted the Oklahoma players with food, drinks. It was like a whole aggressive scene. The clip is insane. I added the little bonk sound effect onto it and Fitz seemed to get a real kick. <laughs> he's laughing as as he's drinking water over there. He seemed to get a real kick out of it and people are, are seeming to love it on social media right now. Drawing some parallels to other raucous ACHA environments with other liquids being thrown. No comment from the Syracuse guy. Moving on, we did have some big news the other day. Uh, the SECHC, the Southeastern College Hockey Conference, its former name, they have now changed it to College Hockey South. Uh, very interesting move. We talked to some of the guys in the South and the CHF. I don't know. It sounds like they wanted to move away from the title of SEC just because the SEC has so much power down South and maybe they didn't want any trouble or they didn't want it to be seen as, a, as an umbrella underneath the SEC Athletic Conference. This was seen with a lot of backlash, it seems like, from the players. Maybe some players voicing their opinion that it seems like the adults in charge aren't really listening to them so we wanted to address it on the podcast and Fitz did you want to chime in I was just gonna ask was that the conference that had us like blocked on Twitter yeah so the, the inter another interesting point when we went to go report on this we couldn't find them on Twitter so I went on my personal account and found them right away and I was like huh that's weird and sure enough uh, we were blocked on Twitter sounds like it was just a, a misunderstanding because as soon as we sounded the alarm that we were blocked on Twitter I want to say it was resolved within like eight minutes like all the SEC teams were sending us DMs being like 
like, oh, we can we can fix this. And I guess it was a misunderstanding. I, if I had to guess, maybe they didn't like something that we posted very early on in the Hockey House Twitter. Since we've grown in popularity, maybe they just forgot that they, they weren't following us. So in more news, uh, we did want to mention that later on in the pod, we are going to discuss the conference tournaments and uh, what you need to know going into the weekend. But before we do that and get to our interview, we wanted to go over some shout outs. Dakota Bond hit the Michigan in Adrian's 9-1 win over Calvin. We unfortunately didn't get the chance to, to post the clip before everyone else saw it, so we kind of held off on doing so. But the win clinched Adrian's sixth straight GLCHL regular season title. The Bulldogs are hot, and they are in a title defense right now. They have not lost in 2022. Going back to their last eight games, they beat Grand Valley 6-4. to four. Then they beat Western Michigan 14-0 and 8-1. They beat Oakland 15-1 and 11-1. Aquinas 4-0 and then Calvin by a combined total of 17-0 last week. In their last seven games, they have outscored their opponents by a combined score of 69-3. to So the Bulldogs are firing on all cylinders right now. They are going to be a team to watch out for uh, when it gets time to, to play in St. Louis. So we wanted to give them a shout out as well as Dakota Bond for pulling off the Michigan move it's pretty nice very nice 69 goals in your last seven games is very nice so shout out to the bulldogs an upset in division one we had arizona state beat number four unlv on friday night in a shootout that took place at oceanside arena seemed like i know we, we had flandy on last week and he was talking about preparing it but maybe the the highs of the liberty win and then the week off for the nhl all-star game festivities might have caught up with the rebels and sun devils were able to sneak one by them on friday night i uh, wanted to give a shout out to the waldorf men's program they set a program record for wins at the division one level with a 3-2 shootout win over northern illinois glick's favorite glick's favorite yeah yeah i was gonna say i've been a fan since day one since like november 2021 biggest fan in pennsylvania of waldorf university so i'm just really happy to see them be successful this year Another team who's been pretty successful this year is the Lake Superior State women's team. They notched their 20th win of the 2021-22 campaign the other night. They did not win a single game last year when they played during the pandemic, and they are currently ranked number one in the ACHA D2 women's poll. So shout out to the Lakers. Another team worth giving a shout out to is Army. After trailing Clarkson 2-1 in the third period, Army tied the game late and won it in overtime to clinch the SEC HL, that is the Super East Collegiate Hockey League playoff title. The Black Knights went undefeated in regular season play they have qualified for the d2 men's northeast regional ranked number nine herm that was a team that you got to uh to see play earlier in this year thoughts on the black knights they were super well disciplined and they very much held their own against higher level competition unsurprised to see them doing well another shout out we, we posted one of his photos earlier today but uh somebody gave a shout out to will bramlett that was the shout out but great photographer and we're hoping to catch up with him when we make the trip down to st louis so wanted to make sure we said hi to him and then and another team we talked about lately, Arkansas, they won their conference, the Mid-America College Hockey Association title game the other day with a 5-2 victory over Missouri State. Uh, we posted some highlights last week of Missouri State beating Arkansas in overtime. Missouri State had been the only D3 team to beat the Razorbacks in the regular season, but Arkansas claimed the regular season title and the conference championship this past weekend. No podcast last week, but two weekends ago, Saginaw Valley State captain Stephen Kukla registered his 150th career point in a win against Butler. Boys from Cock Hockey wanted to make sure that we gave a shout out to Coach Shane Beamer for going above and beyond and dropping the puck at the South Carolina Ole Miss game. He was pretty fired up. Lots of good content from that. One of the more notable college football coaches right now, at, at least on social media, and seeing him with his family all in Cock Hockey jerseys dropping the puck and getting on the microphone, firing up the crowd, was uh, really cool to see. And like I said, we're, we're really looking forward to seeing Herm go down there this weekend and, and cover the game. Gamecocks, so looking forward to that. Two more teams we want to give a shout out to. The first is the number 12 Pitt Panthers. They have not lost since October 23rd. They've rattled off 18 straight wins. They will compete in the College Hockey Mid-America playoffs this weekend, and the winner of that conference tournament is going to get an auto bid. We'll get more into depth later, as we mentioned, but another team worth giving a shout out to is Illinois, ranked number nine right now, cracking the top 10 for the first time this season after a tough start, and that was a team that I don't want to say we were very harsh on, but we posted a poll early on the season asking about Illinois and people didn't seem to be very optimistic about where they were heading. They have turned the ship right around, right, Herm? You can't count out a CSCHL team. Nick Fabrini's boys have really righted the ship, are now a top 10 team. Fun fact, Fabrini coached my brothers in high school. Um, Are we going to talk about, remember that TikTok Herm you sent about the women's team that made a Tinder account? Are we going to talk about yeah. that? Yeah. 
Let's yeah. get into it. Let's get into it. Herm <laughs> sent a uh, a TikTok a couple days ago. It was Central Michigan's women's team, correct? And they had made a team Tinder profile, and uh, somebody made a TikTok about it. It went pretty viral. Got a, I want to say like twenty thousand likes, right? Like it was it was doing pretty well. I, I would imagine around like fifty thousand at this point. Well, not only were they advertising the girls on their team, but the last slide of their profile had the game schedule. So if you want to go check the ladies out, uh, you could do so. Most teams use their Instagram to promote their schedule, but I guess Tinder's a new wave. We're all about finding unique ways to advertise uh, games on this podcast, and I think Tinder definitely takes the crown as being one of the most unique ways to do that want to remind you that selly hockey is rewarding our listeners for their dedication with a sweet little deal use the promo code hockeyhouse 20 to get 20 percent off your order at sellyhockeyco.com we had flandy on he was talking about how cool it was to have all the, the nhlers in town for the all-star game recently plenty of publicity about trevor zegers going around and he had a big instagram post when he left vegas and showed him rocking two selly hockey hats he had the blue waves hat on and with the hawaii one on his backpack so he's supporting the brand and uh, they just dropped another new line of hats the good old hockey game featuring a nice little mountain scene with some rinks so get those before they go make sure to use that promo code hockeyhouse20 to get 20% off your order at sellyhockeyco.com now it's time for the interview we've had this one in the bank for a while now we went on a stretch I think it was like three weeks in a row Herm we interviewed guys from Texas so we wanted to make sure we spaced these one out for the listeners and, and we didn't get sick and tired of the Lone Star State a couple of boys from University of North Texas joined the show we had Josh Wright and Andrew Lilly on to share their college hockey experiences from Texas. So we're going to cut to that interview now on the Hockey House Pod. We're pleased to be joined by two members of the University of North Texas hockey team, Josh Wright and Andrew Lilly. Guys, welcome to the Hockey House. Thanks for having us, guys. Pumped to have you guys on. It feels like we've been doing a tour of college hockey in Texas lately. We, we had the A&M guys on a couple weeks ago, and we talked to the Baylor guys too. I'm really excited to have you guys on and, and, and get to know a little bit more about your program. Yeah, I saw the podcast pop up on my Instagram and it looked really cool. And I looked y'all up on Spotify and I saw you had Baylor on there. And I was like, we should try and get on that. So I messaged y'all on Instagram and here we are now. We'll dive into it now with you, Josh. Kind of just walk us through your hockey career growing up and what led you to going to North Texas and, and playing hockey. Probably started hockey like six years old, six and a half. I was like a baseball player for like 13 years, you know, and always thought that'd be my go-to ticket. My stepdad came came along and he was watching Mystery Alaska in the living room and I didn't know what hockey was at the time and I was watching him watch that. It looked fun so I got a wolf ball bat, a little lawn chair and pretended like I was playing hockey and he goes, we're getting this kid on the ice. The rest is history and played uh, in like a mall league here in Texas. I've played basically in the DFW area all my life. Played for right now, probably like 15 years or so. Most of that's been travel hockey, double A and single A hockey, and then some varsity hockey for Frisco ice hockey, and then just a bunch of different teams for travel. And then what what led you to uh, choosing UNT? Mainly just academics, honestly. It was one of the few schools that had like the major that I was going for and what I needed best for school, honestly. I I, I love that your your hockey background includes the movie Mystery Alaska because that's one of my personal favorite hockey movies. And, and that, that's certainly a first, like usually it's like guys uh, watching an NHL game or, or they go to a game in person. I think that's awesome that you were watching Mystery Alaska. Yeah, I didn't even know what it was going on. I just saw it and I was like, that looks cool. I want to try to do that. Murph, I'm going to come clean. I've never seen it. You... I mean, the amount of bus rides that you have ahead of you the rest of the way here, like you, you got to bring that on one of these bus trips. Yeah, it's a great movie. Andrew, tell us a little bit about your hockey background growing up. Mine's a little bit, uh, I guess you could say more non-traditional compared to even Josh. For me, I never really played at the travel level or anything like that. Hockey was just kind of part of family life. My granddad was from Winnipeg and he was, he grew up playing and he was pretty good. He was, he was playing juniors in Winnipeg and eventually that didn't quite work out for him. So moved to Minnesota, had my dad, my dad played growing up. Eventually my dad makes his way to Texas and it was just kind of natural for me to kind of pick it up after that. But I didn't get super serious into it until probably high school. So by that point, I was kind of, from a playing standpoint, kind of behind a lot of people who have been playing since they were, you know, three or four pretty consistently. I kind of dabbled in high school a little bit, but not too much. Um, I went up to Minnesota Duluth the first two years of my undergrad, and I worked with their ACHA team there. Eventually, obviously, I transferred back closer to home, managed to sneak my way onto the team as a player two years ago, had a great time. And then after the COVID year, 
um, that we kind of lost, I decided to kind of jump back in and in more of a coaching and kind of general management role since I graduated. And so that's how I found my place here. We'll go back to you, Josh, kind of walk us through what, what's your welcome to the ACHA moment when, when you joined the team and what was something that kind of stood out in the early days of, of playing in the ACHA? Honestly, it was just kind of the vibe of the locker room and the guys. There's a lot of moments on UNT hockey and a lot of great memories with the boys, honestly. Uh, probably going to my first hockey house party with them. My freshman year, a few guys on the team had a house. And then after every game or any time we all wanted to hang out and party, we'd all go there and have some fun, you know. How everything is more student-led than everything else. Like, I've played pretty organized hockey my entire life. So going from that to where it all needs to be student-led and everyone needs to do it themselves, you know, it was kind of a big way up for me where I got to figure out how to help in any way I can, you know, play against guys who've played juniors, you know, I'm an 18 year old going in against guys who are 21 and up also. And I was, I'm not that big of a guy. So I kind of looked like a shrimp out there compared to everybody else. But, you know, I had fun and being out there with the boys is the best out of all of it, honestly. For you, Andrew, kind of talk about your transition. I mean, coming from coming down from Minnesota Duluth, obviously one of the, one of the best college hockey programs in the country. And then you make that transition from one of the top NCAA schools. And, and now you're down in the ACHA at UNT. Seeing that that distinction between being surrounded by a lot of guys that play NCAA and being surrounded by that coaching staff, you know, that was kind of part of the identity of the whole university up there, you know, even extending beyond just my involvement with the the team, the whole atmosphere revolved around hockey up there. And so transitioning kind of back to Texas at UNT, it became more of a, how can I be a part of this program, how can I get it to that point? And obviously we're not there yet, but we would like to get to a point where it becomes kind of a, a common thing where people people know about the hockey team at UNT. They are excited about it. We can kind of drum up support that way. For me, it was kind of that, like really seeing the dichotomy in terms of um, support between a school in Minnesota and a school in Texas relating to hockey. That was probably my, my biggest kind of Welcome to the ACHA moment, so to speak. Josh, let's get rolling here. Kind of walk us through, uh, you know, what what the UNT program looks like right now, you know, at, at kind of the halfway point of, of this season. It's definitely a lot better than our season two years ago. Like um, immensely, like so much better than how we were. We got a lot better coaching staff this year. We have a lot of really good players, like transfer guys, just people who like kind of pick their heads up out of the dirt and said, oh, we want to play hockey. You know, we, we finally heard about the UNT hockey team. And two years ago, we were like one in one in 20 something, you know, we were, it was pretty rough season for us. But this year right now, I think we're like six and seven or something like that. Like we're having a lot more fun. We're playing a lot better teams and just winning games is honestly a lot more fun. We have crowds coming to our games now too. Not pretty, not big crowds, but it's a fan base that supports us and backs us. And it's a lot different of an atmosphere. Some of the seniors now on the team who've been on like actively playing for three years now, they, it's kind of a surreal thing to see the atmosphere, the locker room, and just the game in general has just changed so much for us. Like, it's it's pretty awesome. Just tell us a little bit more about the rink. What you talked about the locker room a little bit and uh, what we're working with. I mean, to be completely honest with you, we're not working with a ton, at least not relative to what some of the D1 ACHA teams are kind of working with, where they're throwing around more money than I could even begin to fathom. So we actually practice out of just one of the Dallas Stars community rinks. Um, It's the same rink that they use for the Dallas Stars elite programs. At the current moment, we don't have like our own locker room. We're just work with what we got with the the kind of public locker rooms. And that's partly because we're still trying to reshape this program to get it to a point where we're not a expected one in 19 team, we're an expected 19 and one team. And with that comes a lot of working to reform our revenue streams, our fan base, all that kind of stuff to be able to bring in the kind of support that we need to be able to get those kinds of amenities and be able to compete with some of those other programs. To be honest, we really don't have a lot other than an ice rink and a dream. That's kind of what we're working with. And uh, we're getting to some good places so far, I think. Now, how far is that drive to the the Stars facility from campus? 
It'd probably be about 30 minutes or so from campus. There's other rinks we've tried to get to that are closer, but with the amount of travel teams and like other leagues and stuff that go on here in the DFW area, it's hard to reserve slots and times or even get like decent ice times. Like Tuesday nights is like 1045 at night, get out at 1145, get back home at like 12 something. It's pretty rough and hard, but a lot of the hockey teams like us get the short end of the stick with stuff like that but we work with what we got and just try and do the best we can well i'd say speaking with some of the other texas teams it, it seems like ice time is pretty hard to come by for a lot of schools and teams are traveling over an hour to get to rinks and ice time is really hard to find so i'm glad that you guys at least i mean 25 minutes 25 to 30 minutes is, is pretty good we're pretty blessed to be around an area that has a lot of stuff like that but it's still just as much like as a head of a head hunt to even find ice times you know and and like you said we're all trying to find like a locker room you know get like that team set up for us it's just hard to find the ranks and the times and stuff but we work with what we have and pretty grateful that we don't have to drive like an hour plus to go to our rank though so you guys recently switched conferences tell us a little bit about how that transition's been like it's been fun it's been eventful there was a lot that kind of went into that transition i mean i guess some of the the kind of immediate things that we've seen from that transition is we're playing with um i would say some more established programs some more nationally recognized programs we're talking about teams like arkansas mizzou and missouri state as opposed to teams like east texas baptist and you know no shade to them they have a great program that they've built there in Marshall and in Shreveport, but it's a little bit harder to market those games when we're trying to grow our fan base, grow the program. It's easier to sell people on coming to a game playing against Mizzou or Arkansas than it is a smaller university that maybe they're not too familiar with. So I think we've seen a lot of benefit in growing our fan base from switching over to Matcha because we are now competing against some of those more household names, so to speak. Yeah, just to piggyback off that, there's just a lot better competition for us. Even though we may end up like a 500 season, we still appreciate the learning, just like understanding of the other kind of hockey that's out there, you know, playing teams like across the country, you know, it's a lot more fun for us playing in Texas. So honestly, you, you'll just play like the same five or six teams. Two years ago, we played, I think it was Dallas Baptist University, probably seven times getting different games with different teams, you know, just keeps a little more interesting for everybody and for everybody watching the game too. Now talk about that a little bit. Let's dive into the travel because like I said, talking college hockey in Texas, and that is another huge part is that you you can drive eight hours and still be in Texas. What What is the travel situation like? Are, are we carpooling? Are we piling as many bags in the car as we can? Or are you guys getting a bus? So we actually uh, scraped up some money this year. We went up to Missouri and then Arkansas. We scraped up no money to get a bus together. But seasons beforehand, like when we travel out to Marshall or if we go down to College Station or Austin, it's just been everybody carpool on their own. We've had some help with like families from the team and just donations from people supporting the team. And we got some money together to get a bus for everybody to ride in, you know, and just keep the team together a lot more safer for the boys and for the younger guys who don't feel comfortable driving three plus hours all the way up to Missouri. You know, it's like, that's an eight hour drive, seven hour drive. So some people may not be comfortable with that. So we were pretty happy to get a bus this year for that. Yeah, definitely a safer option to have the team traveling in a bus. But any good stories from those days of, of carpooling or uh, of guys driving to games? We were, I was, we were going to Austin two years ago. One of the guys and I, we just, him and I were in a carpool to Austin. Three hour car ride. I've done it before, you know, nothing major. And we were in his car and then there was this 15 car wreck that just blocked us off for three extra hours he and i showed up right before the first period was about to start during warm-ups and we had to hurry in get dressed get on out there and go and just having car butt and everything but it is what it is and it was a fun trip all in all honestly good time with the buddy online and that was pretty rough though honestly now who are some um some guys in the locker room that just keep it light and they always seem to be having you guys laugh probably one of the biggest personalities in the locker room i'd say is our goalie 
number 96, Trace Parker. He uh, has a transfer from Alvernia University. Great goalie, great guy, but man, he's just a character. He's just kind of one of the, he's got the mullet, longer, wavy hair, you know. He's just a character of a guy, and when he's out there, he's having fun. He's talking to the other team, just gabbing with them, you know. He's a little older of a guy, but and he's not that tall, too. He's maybe 5'5", so it makes it even more funny for all of us to just kind of sit back and laugh at what he does and what he says. But he's a great character in the locker room, and he brings up the spirits of the guys a lot of the times, too. Goalies are always a different breed. Sorry, Click. No, I, I totally agree. We are very special. So uh, looking at your schedule, what are some of the teams that you, you kind of have circled on, on the calendar you're just excited to play against the big rivalries? One that we have circled in kind of bright red. We've got this Allen Americans College Classic game coming, coming up. First game is going to be against SMU, which is kind of a big rivalry, just generally in all sports between UNT and SMU. And it'll be, uh, aside from our very first series this season against Texas State, it'll be one of our first games against another team in the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference after we left. So there's a bit of a rivalry going there too. Right when we left was when SMU joined. It's a pretty big deal for for the guys on the team. I know it's a pretty big deal for the coaching staff. We really want to try and go out there and get a win there because it's great exposure for the club too and being partnered with the Allen Americans. So I think we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I mean, we saw that too. I mean, that looks like it's going to be a great event. We talked about a couple episodes ago how cool it is. Teams play each other in these big arenas, and I love seeing like the pro hockey teams get involved. Like We did a game here with the Syracuse Crunch, and to see the Hurricanes get involved with the teams down in North Carolina, I think it's it's a really cool opportunity for the pro sports teams to connect with the, the college hockey teams in the area. Yeah, we're definitely really excited for that. And when we got the offer and we were told we'd playing in that, we were super excited just like ready for the exposure want to get our names out there selling more people like younger kids who are six years old and up who want to see UNT hockey play maybe they'll come back and come play for us one day you know so it's always just good exposure for the team Texas has not really been known as a hockey hotbed but in the past couple years it's really been growing do you guys have any comments on that and just kind of seeing how hockey has evolved in the state it's certainly been on the rise I mean no question there I mean I know for me just growing up going through elementary and middle school there were a lot of people that would look at me funny if I even mentioned the word hockey like they wouldn't it just would not compute with them it's like I do not know what it is that you're talking about the last I'd say five six seven years something like that I mean it's really kind of exploded I mean the, the stars have been building more rinks more people have been going to the Stars games, um, getting more involved. It's not a thing anymore where people just have no comprehension at all of what the sport is. I mean, it's it's certainly growing and it's, I think, showing that there's a lot of room for the sport of hockey in general to bring in more people, be kind of more inclusive to more non-traditional markets. And I'm really hoping that seeing the kind of explosion of the sport in Texas kind of across the state will continue to kind of propel more growth for the sport across the rest of the South, um, which I think will only prove to be beneficial for everybody, every program at every level. So it's certainly been really cool to see. I think it's a perfect chance to segue into the opportunity and, and how, you know, you guys ended up finding out about us, but obviously the, the rise of Baylor hockey this year has been awesome to see. And, and with that program kind of spurting out of nowhere and seeing success pretty early on, I know you guys are talking a lot about the, the vision and the dream for UNT hockey. How much are you, are you watching it and seeing what they're doing and, and looking to see what you can bring from there uh, to UNT? Yeah, I mean, 100%. It, it's funny when, when you bring up Baylor because before their program had even really been approved by the university, their president was reaching out to us on social saying, what advice do you have? What does it take to get a program started? We jumped in kind of head first and we said, what, another club team in Texas? Yes, please. So we kind of helped them any way we could to kind of get them going, get them off the ground. As I'm sure you guys know, it's not easy to get a hockey team running. It's not like you can just kind of wake up one day and say, this is a thing now. Seeing 
how incredibly fast they've been able to grow, get everything together, get a fan base that's honestly kind of nuts for a first uh, time or a first time recently ACHA program has been incredible. And we're kind of constantly keeping our, our fingers on the pulse of, of other growth opportunities in Texas because we want to help anybody we can to start up a new program. I mean, if Rice University, if someone from there comes to us tomorrow and says, hey, we want to start a program, I know personally, I'd say, great, I'll help any way you can. And I think that's kind of our general approach to it across the board. Kind of like what we were talking about beforehand, like growing like the sport all throughout the South, you know, with Arizona State University being the first NCAA team down here, that kind of did spark a lot of interest for like the talent down here in the South. Like we're hoping just any team in Texas can one day just make that step to get some funding, you know, and just get the talent out here, create some kind of atmosphere like that for us. Uh, Also, like I said, when Baylor started becoming a thing again, that was a really great opportunity for us to learn more about like what they've learned and we could offer what we've not had because our team's been around for a pretty long time. There's been some talk, I think, with the University of Houston possibly getting a team. I know Andrew said Rice. Unfortunately, uh, University of Texas El Paso they folded, I think it was two years ago, and they were a pretty good team. We're hoping maybe one day they'll make a comeback too because I never got to play them, but everyone I know, they say they were a pretty good team and it was always fun to play them too. Yeah, and their rink uh, won the USA Hockey Craft Hockeyville contest too and, and got renovated too because it's home to the, the El Paso Rhinos. So it would be a great spot uh, if, if they can get that program up and running again. I think this is a, a really good spot to kind of start wrapping it up. And I just want to ask both of you, we'll give you each a chance to answer. What's, what's been your most memorable moment uh, with UNT hockey so far? We'll start off with you, Josh. Oh, man. Um, that's a tough one because I don't know. I think pretty recently for this season, I have to say the bus ride we took because that was just something I'd never experienced playing hockey. I never did the bus trips and stuff like that. I never played juniors. And whenever I did travel hockey, it was all just fly with your parents on a plane and then they chaperone you around. So being on a bus like that with the team and being around the guys all the time like that, that was a really cool experience for me, learning about that kind of stuff and hearing about it, you know, and experiencing it for the first time. It was pretty cool. And then for you, Andrew, what's uh, been a memorable moment for you? This season or kind of across the board? Across the board with with UNT hockey. It can be from this year. It, it doesn't have to be. Well, in that case, um, for me, it would 100% be when we decided to leave the Texas Conference. That was the point where we kind of said, we're taking this team in a new direction that we know is going to be for the better. When we were making that decision, we had a lot of people in our ears telling us, this is a bad decision. You guys shouldn't do it. Your program's going to die. We're going to we're going to go for it. We think that we can make it work. And up to this point, I think we've proven that that we can make that happen. I mean, we really did have a lot of people in the Texas hockey circle doubting the viability of our club leaving their conference. And I think we've shown now that our program is not just something that is holding on by a thread or on life support, you know, just by being around these other programs, but we're really kind of our our own thing. We've been able to really kind of revamp things very quickly. I think we've we've shown that we're headed in a very great direction with a very bright future. I think we've been able to prove our doubters wrong. And that's what I'm really proud of, I think. So that's hands down my most notable and memorable moment with UNT hockey is making that decision or contributing to that decision to push us in in the right direction. Yeah, I 100% agree with Andrew on that. Yeah, no, I think I think it's great because I think that's what the ACHA is all about is, is it is what you put into it. And a lot of the the responsibility and the decision making is put on the, the shoulders of students and and recent graduates. And it's exactly that. Sometimes you got to make tough decisions like leaving a conference and joining a new one. But if you've got the right people uh, leading the charge, then your program's uh, for sure going to head in the right direction. So looking forward to seeing where UNT hockey goes in the near future. And we wish you guys the best of luck the rest of the way this season. Yeah, thank you all for having us on. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This was a ton of fun. Once again, thank you to Josh Wright and Andrew Lilly for joining us this week. That interview was presented by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part, your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral at OptimexSports.com slash sign up 
slash hockey house pod. Got a really good interview coming up with Shuey, Fitz's teammate at Indiana, who is running the show for Optimex. Uh, we spoke to them earlier this week. Just a great guy. We're, we're really excited about that interview. And we're really excited about this partnership with Optimex Sports because they make it so easy for teams to look professional. It's all about your website right now. And I talked about it a little bit last week, but because the, the interview didn't save, some of these teams have brutal websites and I'm going to add Buffalo right now. My grandfather was trying to find the stream for a game two weekends ago and he couldn't find it. He thought the website crashed or something. And by the time he got the game going, it was like eight minutes to go in the third period. And luckily we hung on for the win. But websites matter. Make sure you're checking out OptumX, taking advantage of that free year and uh, using our referral code OptumXSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. All right, boys, what do we have for the blowout of the week? Click, what did you find? Yeah, so I was able to find Ryder Division 2 beating Westchester Division 2, 12 to 1. We also have Stony Brook D1 and Drexel D1 with Stony Brook winning 10 to 1. Just a quick honorable mention for Miami University D3 beating Cleveland State University D3, 18 to 8. I mean, that's smaller margin than the other two, but 26 goals deserves a mention for sure. Yeah, imagine scoring eight goals. First off, it's crazy to imagine scoring eight goals and not winning the game. Yeah, maybe you lose 9 8, 10 8. That happens every once in a blue moon. Imagine scoring eight goals and then losing by more than a touchdown in a hockey game. That is unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know if both goalies didn't show up and, and they're, each team was playing with six skaters. I don't know how you get to that score, but worth the honorable mention there. And then Herm, the listeners missed out on last week when we announced this as the game of the week. And halfway through our spiel, we realized that it was not the game of the week because it wasn't happening last week. But we're back again. No one saw the mistake. And uh, we've got a, a bar burner for the game of the week here do you need me to go through and do the entire summary again the spark notes at this point i don't know if it's as big of a deal as it was yeah missouri kansas is an incredibly heated rivalry and there was a little bit of a miscommunication between the two teams in terms of hosting locations and logistics in regards to tickets it almost got really really fiery luckily the situation was smoothed over and hopefully all of the action will be contained onto the ice instead of aggression playing out through social as entertaining as that would have been to see it's going to be a hell of a game to watch yeah we're really looking forward to it another good rivalry game and herm you're going to be there for it which if it wasn't for mizzou kansas would probably be the game of the week um, i think it was already the game of the week earlier in the year before we were really pumping these out but south carolina clemson uh what are your thoughts heading into the weekend about you know seeing this in action i've already made my feelings known about how how south carolina is going to come into the week so i'm not going to give them a second audio clip to to play in the locker room but uh roll cox baby and then in some more notable games heading to Division One, Liberty is hosting a teddy bear toss against Jamestown. Feels like every week we've got Liberty in the games to watch just because of the promo nights they're doing. But that one should be a good one, especially this time of year when teams are in conference tournaments. Those independent teams seem to be playing each other to, to stay in shape for, for nationals. And then another game worth noting, every time these two teams play in Tucson, it's worth noting, but we have Arizona and ASU taking each other on. They will not be playing in Tempe. I know that the the arena in Tempe has been getting a lot of press time recently due to the Coyotes moving in. Uh, this game will be played in Tucson, but as always, it will be an exciting one. And then in women's division one action, we have two of the top teams playing Adrian and Liberty. Another game worth noting, a big rivalry game. Minot and Midland are going to take on each other. Out west in division two, we have Weber State taking on Utah State. Um, and then back to division one for some games in state rivalry in Oklahoma. We have Oklahoma taking on Central Oklahoma on the East Coast, Villanova and Lee are going to take things outdoors at Spring Mountain. Honorable mention, the College of Charleston is uh, doing their annual golf outing. So we wish the boys best of luck. Not really sure what the context was here, but it sounds like it's going to be a good time for the boys and uh, we hope they kill it on the golf course. So wanted to wish them luck and give them the honorable mention this week and hope they're listening. Now it gets time. We all put on our ACHA insider hats. We're going to go to work here because we've got plenty of conference tournaments that we want to talk about. We're going to start first with the Colonial States College Hockey Conference in ACHA Division II. Uh, you may be asking yourself, what's notable about this one? Well, Penn is the number one seed here, but you got to watch out for 
for Millersville. And another team you're going to keep an eye on here is TCNJ. They are making the jump to Division One next year. They did not qualify for the Division Two tournament regional, so this will probably be their final game of the season before they go Division One. Those are some teams to watch out for. Another tournament we have the Mid Atlantic College Hockey Association, also Division Two. That tournament's being held in New Jersey. Liberty is the clear favorite here, but Ryder has also been hot in the second semester, so they could give the Flames a run for their money. And then a tournament with a lot of eyes on it this weekend. We have the Atlantic Coast Collegiate Hockey League, the ACCHL. That tournament is going to be held at Winston-Salem at the fairgrounds. NC State is looking to go four in a row here, and I'm not sure if you guys remember last year. NC State defeated Virginia Tech, and it was Virginia Tech's first game of the season. They had been delayed because of COVID, and uh, there was a lot of talk that the tournament didn't mean anything because NC State was playing a team that had not played yet this year. A little bit different this year. We have NC State is number three in the Southeast. They just missed the cut for the auto bid. Virginia Tech beat State the other day, and Virginia Tech is actually the one seed going into this tournament. So I think we could get a really, uh, really good potential championship game here if if Tech and NC State meet each other, and uh, that'll certainly be an exciting one. Any thoughts? I was going to say the the rink they're playing at is pretty sick. Carolina Thunderbirds from the Fed. That's their home rink. So definitely a really cool venue. I didn't know Virginia Tech was as good. I, I I didn't yeah, realize I think they've, that. they've uh they've flown under the radar. I feel like there's a lot of teams in the southeast that we talk about and, and we just really haven't talked much about them this year. But yeah, quietly the number one team in the ACCHL. More division two tournaments out west. We have the Northern Collegiate Hockey League. Marion is hosting. Teams in the mix are Marion and Marquette. Both of those teams have clinched spots in the regional tournaments, but you also got to watch out for Purdue Northwest. One that I'm sure Fitz will be keeping an eye on. We have the Tri-State Collegiate Hockey League, the TSCHL, or the T as it's known. It's hosted by Cincinnati, but Miami, Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio State have already clinched spots in the regional tournaments. But if a team other than those four clinches the title game, they could get a fifth auto bid for the conference. Fitz, hearing those names, who you who you looking out for in this tournament? Well, Herm Herm's not going to be happy. Indiana is going up against Ohio in the uh, the first round, so they'll be going at it. I think Indiana's got a really good shot. I mean, obviously Miami's always one of the top teams and and tough to take down. I think the Ohio State in the past has usually been like the the team to beat. Indiana's played all those teams pretty tough this year. I'm surprised also that they're hosting it in Cincinnati. I think that Xavier shares that as a home rink with the Cincinnati team. I don't know, something about that rink I never I never really liked it. So, not not the greatest venue, but it should be exciting exciting tournament. Indiana is broadcasting it, which is interesting too. It's it's hosted by Cincinnati, but Indiana is going to be broadcasting it through their stream. You were saying that the Bobcats better watch out but there is one category that the bobcats lead the hoosiers in this year and that is proposals on the ice they are winning that category one to nothing right now so you you gotta factor in everything this time of year playoffs come about it's the key difference maker stat right there that stat pops up on the tv when you're watching uh, on the iu hockey network it's like the uh what is it the philip rivers graphic have you seen that one where it's like yeah. philip it's like joe burrow kids zero uh philip river kids nine same category right there here's where things get interesting division one a lot is on the line this weekend we'll start off in the the whack the wolverine hoosier athletic conference the auto bid goes to the tournament champion um and it is hosted by indiana tech they're the number one seed they will probably get into the tournament regardless because of where they're ranked right now but number 18 michigan dearborn probably needs to win the tournament to get into the national tournament with an auto bid also watch out for aquinas and lawrence tech they're in the top 25 as well could really use a conference championship to get them into the tournament. Going to College Hockey Mid-America, hosted by JCU at the Gilmore Academy Ice Arena. Uh, a game to watch out for Friday night. JCU and Kent State are going to take each other on. Two teams from Ohio. That should be an interesting one with JCU on home ice. Pitt is the clear favorite here. They're the only team in the top 25 in this conference. And like we mentioned earlier, 18 straight games that they've rattled off here. They are probably going to Nationals regardless. The winner of College Hockey Mid-America gets an auto bid here and that's where Pitt has to watch out for IUP because in 2020 same thing Pitt was in the rankings they lose to IUP and then they get bumped out of the tournament so I'm sure they'll they'll have their head on a swivel this weekend and then the one I have my eyes on the Eastern States Collegiate Hockey League things get really interesting here we haven't really talked about it on the podcast because it was never really made official but on December the last time NYU played a game was here in Syracuse um, on December 5th I believe they won uh, uh, four, three. 
4-2 maybe. Came down to the wire. We pulled our goalie, and then they they actually call us for an illegal substitution, pulling the goalie too early. And uh, they blew the whistle with three seconds left, and that killed all, all the momentum. But what happened was they go on Christmas break. NYU says no more athletics until February. NYU has not played a game. I believe they are tied with Drexel in the standings. Four teams, four of six, make the playoffs in the Eshel. Thursday night, by the time you're listening to this, this will already have happened. But Class of 23 Arena, Drexel is hosting NYU. It'll be NYU's first game of the second semester. And the winner is going to go play Stony Brook in the semifinals of the Eshel tournament. So it should be really interesting here. Both pretty solid teams, probably evenly matched teams, but it's going to be really interesting to see NYU playing their first game of the semester on the road at at class of 23, which is not an easy place to play. Then the winner is going to play Stony Brook. Stony Brook is getting into the tournament no matter what at this point. They have a high enough ranking. But another really good game to watch out for on Friday night, URI, number 22 URI, is taking on number 23 Delaware. Both of those teams need to win the tournament to get into nationals, I believe. I've done the bracketology. I, I think that's the case here but i think both teams have beat stony brook at some point this year so it should be an interesting tournament and so before we wrap up the show here we wanted to go over kind of the ins and outs of the tournament here because 20 teams make the division one tournament the way conferences do it certain teams end up getting cut at the last second here so navy is in the tournament they clinched the ECHA. They are not ranked, so they are going to take somebody's spot at the table here when it comes time to go to St. Louis. Adrian won their conference. They're in. Maryville won their conference. They're in. Niagara, they won their conference. And UCO won their conference regular season championships. All those teams are in, and they're all ranked in the top 20, so they're getting in no matter what. Teams on the bubble, um, if non-ranked teams end up winning their conference this weekend we could see arizona at 16 start to sweat a bit number 17 aquinas they control their own fate if they can win this weekend dearborn is in the same spot at 18 uri at 21 and delaware at 23 they're all in the same boat if they can just win their conference tournament they are in and then you can put lawrence tech in that category in the WAC too teams that are in tough position right now i would say number 20 utah is in a tough spot after getting upset last weekend at oklahoma against oklahoma being at number 20 here really hurts them especially if teams not in the top 20 end up winning their conference this weekend same goes for arizona state at number 21 and number 24 midland plenty of exciting stuff to cover this time of year i will tell you from a media standpoint it is way more fun now than it was a year ago today when we were scratching and crawling to find out who was going to the national tournament where the national tournament was being played everything under the sun so much easier now that we're kind of back to the normal format we've got d2 is always really exciting with the regional tournaments going on and uh, it really comes down to the wire at the division one level so lots of exciting stuff going on here for the question of the week i want to i want to ask everybody after going through that whole thing what are we most looking forward to as we come down the stretch here we'll start off with herm i think for the immediate short term it's going to be the road trip to Clemson after the home game at South Carolina. I'm excited to experience both atmospheres. And then Glick, you said you guys got the bye week this weekend, but uh, heading you know into playoffs, what are you most looking forward to? I'm really just looking forward to playoffs. Beginning of the year, our coach had a meeting and he said we are making playoffs this year. We were able to do that. So I'm just really looking forward to being in playoffs and just Try and see how far we can go. Fitz, in terms of your schedule and uh, looking at the Hoosiers being in the playoffs, what are you looking forward to? Really excited for for all those guys in Bloomington. They've been working hard. It's really been an effort a few years in the making here to finally get over that hump. We we were so close, you know, when I was there. We were, we were just missing going to regionals by you know one or two spots each year. I'm also really excited about this TSCHL playoff for them because we've never never won one of those either. So I think it would be uh, really cool cool season if they can um you know pull something off there at the uh the, the tschl and then uh keep it keep it rolling going into regionals but nothing but uh great things to say about all those guys and just super excited to see what they can do that's going to be one of the better conference tournaments to watch this weekend and uh we're going to look to cover it all and, and it's going to be interesting here herm being in south carolina covering those and uh i'm looking forward to this weekend i'm heading down to charlotte for my brother's bachelor party which will be very exciting Looking forward to that. I'm going to be the youngest guy there by far. I'm going to meet up with old friend Ford Hatchet, who's in the area too in Charlotte. So that'll be a, a good time. And I'll be probably have my phone in my pocket with as many live streams as I can get going. 
Can we give a little shout out to Ford Hatchet and his media piece from this week? I don't know if you saw this on his social, but what he did with the figure skating. Yes. So um, he did. He did have to ask for approval to use Syracuse hockey clips in that. But yeah, he he managed to uh, put his own hockey highlights into the news feed. So hats off to Ford for, for that move. And I did get lots of entertainment out of watching him try to learn how to figure skate. We, we keep saying it, but exciting time of year, lots of things happening in the ACHA and the CHF, and it's almost impossible to catch it all. So if we are missing anything, please be sure to let us know. Send us a DM. We usually get back within 24 hours because we'd love to share everything that's going on right now. So best of luck to everybody playing this weekend, and uh, take care, boys. See you, boys.